Hey everyone, welcome to Christ is the Cure. We are continuing our summer guest series, and this week is Women's Week, assuming everything panned out, because we're recording this months in advance. Um, and today we have uh, women, uh, women guests talking to women about a subject pertaining to women, so it's perfect. We have the women of the table, Betsy and Michelle, and uh, they run a great podcast, and they actually did a series on hell that was uh, captivating for me. And so I hope that this episode will be a blessing for you as we talk about women pastors. Uh, Michelle and Betsy, would you care to introduce yourselves? Uh, Sure, I'll go ahead. Um, My name is Betsy Beckner, and I am married to my husband, Travis, which I guess is a good person to be married to your husband, right? Um, Anyways, we met in... Travis and I met in high school in marching band, so nerds then, nerds now, nerds forever. Um, we have three kids. Walter is six, Truman is four, and Magnolia is three. Um, just a little about myself. I teach crochet classes on the side. <laughs> so, um, And I also do dishes and laundry daily. That's all, that's all there is about me. <laughs> yeah, and I am Michelle. I am married to my husband, Paul. And we have two kids, Finley, she's three, and Luther, he is one. We are two of the most awkward people, and we pair well together. So that's my fun fact. That's I do true. not crochet. I have tried. I do have, I actually took one of Betsy's class once, and um, it's pretty bad. It's it's a sad state of affairs. But yeah. Finley likes playing with it, so it's fine. <laughs> Um, but Betsy and I host uh, the Women at the Table podcast, and we talk about a wide range of topics from theology, culture, personal Bible study. Um, we also have a blog that kind of houses Bible study help and past topic articles to supplement our um, topics on the podcast. And really, we just want to encourage women to study the word, to know God, to know the gospel through the word, and to learn right alongside our listeners because, um, you know, we're always in a state of learning. We like to be students and we want to encourage other people to be so as well. Um, we've been doing this podcast for about, I don't know, eight months now that we've been recording. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's been really great to meet brothers and sisters via the internet. So thanks for having us. Yeah. That's probably one of the coolest things, meeting all these new people like that we would never be able to see face to face, just Instagram and Facebook and all that fun stuff. So that's been really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, especially like with with everything going on right now with with COVID. It's like, oh, we we still have the conversations that we've been having because of the internet. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So I I thought y'all had been doing this a lot longer. It seems y'all y'all are seasoned, but I guess just time melts away nowadays, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, in terms of you guys' personality, I always find the what what would you call it the the proto episodes very interesting before the episode begins y'all's conversations are very entertaining to say the least oh, thank you we try <laughs> appreciate that <laughs> so with that today we're talking about a non-controversial subject of women pastors that's right <laughs> and so w- with that to, to to introduce it why do you think this topic is important well um I'll go ahead and just start off on that. Um, I mean, first off, it's important because it's in Scripture. And um, I think we just, you know, we need to be obedient to Scripture and we need to know our Bibles. And um, we can't neglect one part of Scripture, um, you know, because I feel like that would open the door to start ignoring or rewrite or neglect another part of Scripture um, that we may not like or that may be uncomfortable. Um, You know, I think it's also an example of why we need to read our Bibles and be better Uh, students of scripture. Um, We can't just pass over things that are hard. I think we need to, things that are harder, we need to dig even deeper um, into those things. Um, 
I also think that um, it's important because this this is instruction on how, um, you know, the church should operate. Um, so I think that is also important. You know, um, Christ died for his church and he was raised for his church. He established his church through the apostles. So <clears throat> the church is his bride. So how we follow the instructions is for our flourishing in the church. And that's all laid out in scripture. And, and that's important to follow. Right. I, th- I think just to piggyback off of that, like being a part of the body and the church, you know, scripture tells us how to operate in that sense. And it's so we can best love one another. You know, um, the same portion of the same book that talks about um, women being silent is also the same book that's talking about how we should love one another. And, you know, we love to quote that that portion in First Corinthians. But, um, you know, to avoid this women staying silent part is... Um, I don't know. I, I think if one carries just as much weight, we should we should hold the other with just as much weight as well. You know, we should be glorifying God with how we love one another. And if this is how we best do that within the body, like we want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think y'all framed that really well. So in, in terms of the, the conversations um, around the subject, whether or not it's, you know, primary or secondary tends to come up, whether or not it actually matters, because if it's secondary, does it really matter? And if it's primary, then are you not saved? You know, all those kinds of issues. So I guess how would you address that if it was to come to you? Well, um, I would say, first and foremost, like in order to be saved, you have to trust in Christ alone um, for your righteousness, um, for forgiveness of sins. That is how you're saved. Um, But also, um, just with my research of doing this, I have seen the other side saying that this is a primary issue as well. People who are pro-women pastors claiming that this actually is a primary issue because it's saying that they are that women are viewed differently um, by God, that they are valued differently within the church, and so that it is interpreted as a primary issue. So even if we think, you know, you sh- this is majoring in the minors, this is, you know, not really a big deal, so just let people do what they want— you know, other people on the other side of this thing think it's a real issue. So, you know, just for the sake of loving them um, and uh, loving them well, we should be well, like, articulate, I guess, in, mm-hmm. which is ironic <laughs> oh, I'm stating it, but we should be well articulate in the argument. We should know what scripture says, and we should be able to teach them the way that is more correct. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, um, just kind of going back also to why this is important kind of putting these together is, I mean, we see a lot of like progressive Christianity and feminism, like coming into the churches now. So this, we need to address this issue because these things, these ideals and sort of, I don't even know just how to live worldly in the church. It seems like they're mixing together. So we need to address it and it is going to be sensitive and controversial and emotional, but um, I think we need to be prepared for a biblical answer, not a worldly answer um, to this issue. Right. And even like I said before, when, even though it's not a salvific issue and I know that Betsy touched on this too, um, it might open the door to other distortions of doctrine leading to salvific error. Um, You know, we can see this with a lot of popular female teachers getting extra biblical revelation um, being one example. Um, And so when we allow one distortion of scripture, it just becomes a lot easier to allow other difficult passages to be twisted uh, to fit our preference or um, to be a more popular take in the culture. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think you guys raised an excellent point. And there, there is that, that correlation between the, the ones who are women pastors tend to have false doctrine as well. I haven't yet to see someone who, who wasn't actually, which is kind of a weird situation. So with that, you know, a lot of people act like as if the subject, it's not clear that, you know, you kind of have the middle ground. Well, you know, I'm not really sure that it's clear. So whichever way someone wants to go, it's fine. How would you address that? Do you think that scripture is clear on this or do you think that it is ambiguous enough for it to be as big of a debate as it is or uh, things of that nature? You can go ahead. Yeah, okay. I, I was going to say, I, I think we think that scripture is clear on this issue. Um, you know, we find in, you know, first Timothy two, 12 through 14, I think is the main, um, scripture that people use for this. And, um, you know, it's just Paul writing in a pastoral epistle to Timothy as, um, you know, for standards for churches of, you know, for the churches of God. And, um, so it's talking about, you know, it says, um, I'll just go ahead and just read it, just a couple of verses. Um, it says, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Um, so these two take two takeaways from this, these two verses, um, it plainly says women are not permitted to publicly teach scripture or doctrine to men in church, and women are not permitted to exercise authority over men in church. Um, so I, to us, I think that is plainly clear, uh, explained. And then the reasons why, um, you know, the reason why he gives us is the creation order of sin being, uh, I'm sorry, Eve de being deceived first and sin entering into the world. So, um, there's your why for it um, that we see. Um, and also, as a little side note, um, the creation order, if you listen to our episode, just to give a little plug to women at the table here, um, we have actually two episodes about head coverings. And this, for me, the um, in 1 Corinthians 11, when they talk about head coverings, when they, he uses the... Um, the creation order as the reason to do this. That was sort of like the linchpin like for that, for head coverings for me, but that's a whole other subject, but I just wanted to add that in. Yeah. I think that it's pretty clear. I mean, it there, he doesn't really leave a whole lot of room. Um, it's not like in, in first Corinthians 14, um, 34 through 35, he's writing to the Corinthian church on how to operate um, in the church setting. And he says that women should remain silent in the churches. They're not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is improper for a woman to speak in church. I mean, it's not just like they are. we're taking one piece of scripture, one verse out of context. Like this is addressed in multiple areas. And like Betsy said, it is, um, you know, founded in the creation order. Uh, there's no really escaping that. Like it's... Um, and I know that he talks about um, another reason being the law. We know because of the law, which would be the Old Testament. So it's not this new idea um, of, you know, women being in submission or um, men having authority in a setting where the word is being taught. Um, this is pretty clear. Right. So to kind of throw a, a, a wrench at you guys, because it, it seems like always a fun exercise on this particular subject to bring this up. Yay! Whenever, whenever it comes to uh, the role of women pastors or teaching doctrine, um, how do you address those that come to you and say, well, does this mean that a woman or a woman cannot preach the gospel because technically they're teaching doctrine? I'm sure that's very familiar because it tends to come up. How would you address that particular issue? Um. Well, I'll just 
I'll say it and then Michelle, you can interpret what I'm trying to say because Michelle's really good at <laughs> interpreting my babble. But I think there's just too much emphasis on this pastoral role of like being on stage and being in front of people in order to share the gospel and to teach things. Obviously, you know, in Titus talking about older women discipling and teaching younger women, obviously teaching other women isn't, you know, and sharing the gospel, that's not an issue. And like, I, I think women are kind of selling themselves short when they think I have to be a pastor or a ministry leader of some sort, like in the limelight in order to properly share the gospel. But not every single person can have that role at the same time. So we all can't be pastors in order to share the gospel. And we're, and, and also we're all called to go and make disciples, um, not just pastors and not just specific people, but, but all Christians are. Right. I think that that is people punting on their responsibility to share the gospel, you know, with their neighbors to love them well. We don't just bring our our friends to church to hear the gospel. We tell them the gospel and the church is primarily for believers. Right. So, um, you know, we use a multiplication model. We go and we teach other people how to share the gospel. We don't have to bring them back to the source where we heard it, too. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we have scripture and um, we should be discipled by other believers and that should help us multiply and spread the gospel. Mm -hmm. So to make this easier on you guys, another concept that comes up is, is often, well, what about conferences where women are speaking? Can men attend? And, and how does that look? I guess, what, where is the, the fundamental difference there? And how would you address that? Well, I guess I would say, and I honestly don't, I, I don't know. You guys could tell me if I'm right or wrong, but I don't if a woman is teaching at a women's conference and a man happens to be there to listen, I don't think that she should just stop all of a sudden because if it's specifically laid out that she does not hold the title of a pastor, like if she is a teacher or women's author or something, and she's specifically at a women's conference catered to women and the men have to be, or happen to be in there to listen. I don't think that is anything wrong that she has done, but I don't know. <laughs> what do you <Yeah>. think? <laughs> I would I would agree with that too. I think that um, there's been a lot of conferences where there is like a mixed audience. Like I know that Lagunier has put on conferences where they have had women um, teaching like on a side, maybe not like a main um, thing where people can opt in to go and listen to this woman, you know, talk and there's women attending there so they can. Um, so I totally agree with you. It, there's a total difference in a Sunday Lord's Day service mm -hmm. and a conference. Right. And I think this is what it, you know, what we're talking about here and, in, in, you know, in First Timothy, it's talking about how church is supposed to be ran, how the actual body congregation corporate worship is the order of which it's supposed to be in. Um, you know, I think that's where this is talking about. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Agreed. I need, I need to be more sure of myself. I know that for sure. <laughs> no, that, I mean, that makes sense. Like categorically, they're different circumstances, different situations. And one of them has structure, you know, explicitly stated in scripture. And the other one's a little bit more ambiguous. So I, I think y'all guys address that really well. That's so, exactly what I wanted to say. So thank you. Oh, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> so now I'm the interpreter. Yes, there I you appreciate go. it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel special now. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we've kind of already touched a little bit on this um, with uh, the apologetic, I guess, against women pastors. Is there anything else you would add to that before we moved on to, um, I guess, application of this subject? Yeah, um, I think 
that maybe even touching more on exegetical rebuttals, you know, to women not being teachers. Cause I have, I've seen a couple debates and things like that where people try to bring up, well, this woman over here in scripture did this. So that means that pastor, like women can be pastors and such and so forth. Um, so relying primarily on culture of the day to determine the interpretation of scripture, I'm thinking of, you know, the, um, the, false idol worship going on in Ephesus that's often referred to and um, them saying, well, Paul's just saying for this particular time, for this particular church, but we see Paul um, in Corinthians saying that this was the practice of all of God's churches, not just the Corinthians, not just the Ephesians. Um, he was instructing in a general epistle to um, Timothy. It's a general epistle pastoral epistle that is applied to all the churches of God. Um, this is not written to just a specific cultural um, place or location. Um, this should be used and shouldn't be changed. Um, women being used, <laughs> I never heard this one before, but women being used as the first to tell about Jesus' resurrection. Mm -hmm. So that means that women can be pastors. But like we said, that is completely different. It's okay. Women can evangelize. Women can tell about the resurrection of Jesus. That is not the function of um, that. That's not the sole. I don't know. Uh, being a pastor has more function than just telling about the gospel, just right. um, sharing the gospel with people. They mm -hmm. are to rebuke. They are to admonish. They are to do all of these things that are the function of a pastor. And so um, I just don't really see how that makes a whole lot of sense. And then uh, the Roman 16 of Junia being an apostle. I don't know if I, I know I sent you a link to that before Nick, but I don't know if, or maybe I talked to you about it, the Junia project. Um, and they basically say that Junia in Romans 16 was an apostle and she was a woman. So that means that women can be pastors and such, but Junia can actually be translated to Junius um, and often is. And still, Junia is a male or female name, and it doesn't actually say that she is an apostle. She says that she's known to the apostles. Um, mm -hmm. it's, so, I don't know. I just, I thought that was really interesting, seeing how, you know, you can twist scripture to kind of fit with your preference or try to put on scripture other things that aren't really necessary. When we see it's rooted in creation, you know, we see that transcends culture. <clears throat> hmm. Good, good. Well said. Thanks, Betsy. <laughs> I have nothing to add. <laughs> yeah, it's always interesting whenever the women at the tomb come up, because I always think of, in, in some shape, it kind of rips out the, I don't want to say revolutionary, because it sounds kind of weird, the the elevation of women in the scriptures that people are, are kind of removing because they want to apply it all these other places. It's like, well, you're kind of missing the balance. That In this instance, yeah, it was a big deal that they got to be the first witnesses of that. And then at the other, and at the other, you know, end of the spectrum, you have well, that means that they must be women pastors. It's like, well, I mean, there's got to be a balance somewhere. Hmm. Right. I hmm. think you expressed yeah. that really well. Um. So I guess what from there are common misrepresentations or misunderstandings of those that hold, you know, the position that women shouldn't be pastors. I mean, I yeah. So I I think. Other than the things that we've covered already, kind of like, well, they can't evangelize then or whatever. One is, well, then they're missing their calling. What if they have the spiritual gift to be a pastor? And I would say that God, if he says in one portion of his word that women are to be silent, they probably don't have the spiritual gift of being a pastor. Um, and 
just misunderstanding the role of a pastor. It's more than just a good speaker. A woman can stand up on a stage and they can convince you of something. Yeah. But that is not the entirety of a pastor. You know, you're, you're handling the very word of God. Mm -hmm. We're warned that not all should be teachers because they encourage stricter judgment. So, um, this, we should be aware of that when we go against the very words of scripture and then, um, try to get up and teach as women. Mm -hmm. Um, and, one thing, too, that I've seen a misunderstanding is that means that all women are relegated to nursery or domestic duties only. Um, but we know that women are needed. The vast majority of the world are children and women. <laughs> um, moms have a special opportunity to raise up generations of believers. And I think this comes down to the problem of people think kids are a nuisance. Hmm. Um, and I think that we have to stop thinking and believing that they are just problems that, well, make somebody else do it. Nobody wants to handle it. Nobody wants to take the time, you know, to uh, evangelize our children. Um, but women play a super important, vital role. Like mm -hmm. we need to be evangelizing our children. Right. Um, yeah. I, I totally agree with all that. A another thing it, that seems to come up, it, it seems to be a men versus women, um, debate or issue when it really isn't men against women. And, you know, um, that's not the issue here. I think it's, you know, an act, the issue is a, um, proper biblical interpretation. I think that's what it is. I don't think, you know, I think there are, um, I mean, hopefully this is implied, but there are men who do in the church who do abuse women, um, and to, who do hurt them like that. Those hap those things do happen. And we're not saying, those never happen because they do. Um, but just because they're not letting a woman be a pastor, is that really abuse of a woman? Um, so really like properly understanding what abuse is and like what, how you are be really being hurt. Um, yeah. So, and I think to just this, like men just wanting to look down on women and lord over women. Um, I think that does happen and it's happened in the past. And we know that in other sort of religions that happens a lot too, where men are, you know, the dictators of their household and things like that. Um, but again, if you read scripture as a whole, we see that, um, you know, what's man's wife or man's, um, duty over their wife is to love them as Christ loved the church. And um, so I think reading scripture as a whole and together will show you that it's not just like you pick this one thing out and this is because men want to be horrible to women. Well, what, a, you know, you're neglecting other parts of scripture where um, it definitely says the opposite of that. Matt, so y'all, y'all raise a lot of, a lot of points and it's just a lot of thoughts coming from that. I think, <laughs> Uh, Michelle, I mean, in terms of what the role of the pastor is, I think you're, you kind of hit the nail on the head where, well, if you're a good speaker, then you're a pastor. And I think that's kind of mm -hmm. what we see it as, you know, it doesn't really matter how you do it or what you do, as long as you're, you're speaking on a platform essentially. And it's kind of strange. Uh, but also the, the idea that, you know, we do need women. I mean, honestly, my, my life without my wife would be kind of a wreck. Uh, there's this relationship, you know, it, it's working together. And as you know, Betsy implied that there's this kind of notion that, um, it has to be either or. You have to be against each other. You can't complement each other in that way. And I think that's a major point. I think there's also, I see that quite a bit too, where uh, you're talking about this subject and you're like, well, what about the men who abuse women? But I mean, that's kind of a moot point in the midst of, well, how do we get back to the fundamental issue of, well, what does the scripture say on this point? It doesn't matter who abuses right. it. Um, because if we talked about all the people that abuse scripture, then we have a lot of problems. And mm -hmm. if we based everything on that. 
So what, what I ultimately see here is like all these, which I alluded to, all these cultural ideas interjecting themselves into our mentality of, you know, if women don't do the same exact things as men, then we have a problem. And if, again, with children, that's that's one of the biggest, uh, biggest interest. Like the concept is just interesting because, you know, children, I mean, we were all children once. So we have to do yep. something. I mean, it's so silly to just say, oh, yeah, they're nuisances. Well, I guess we were nuisances too. Which I guess I kind of was, but I know I was for sure. So <laughs> it's just a very interesting dynamic whenever you think about it in depth. And I mean, Timothy, uh, his his grandmother, I believe his grandmother was praised by Paul in First Timothy or Second Timothy, and women are very important for that. So I appreciate you guys saying all that. Um, so with all of that said, it kind of sets up this discouragement, and I've seen this from people I know personally. Um, and it's kind of discouraging for women. They, they want to uh, feel equal, uh, but they kind of miss the boat on whether or not there's compliments or you know, between men and women. So I guess how can we encourage women with that discouragement on this particular su- subject? Um, I think most of all, like we shouldn't be tiptoeing, tiptoeing around this subject, um, even though it is, I don't know, emotionally driven and dicey. Um we shouldn't act like we're ashamed of it or of like it's bad news. Like this is really horrible. So we got to, you know, break the news to the women very gently because this is terrible. Um, you know, it should be discussed in a way that makes women like, I don't know, not, and also not to make, like, make them feel like they're being like left out of some, of something because it's not about being left out. It's not about what women can't do. It's about the different roles and what women should be doing, what men should be doing. And there are specific roles that work together, you know, complement each other. Like we were saying, Um, so I think being truthful, telling the truth in love, being, you know, loving, you know, sharing the gospel, I think is a huge part of that. Um, you know, and, and tell women where they're needed, give them things to do just because you can't be a pastor. Doesn't mean you can't serve in other large ways in your church that are good for your church and that are good for the body. And, um, so yeah, and I think also like investing in women. I think um, disciple women discipling other women is so important, and it definitely should happen. And I think women. I guess I shouldn't make a generalization, but for me, I know, um, and I could probably speak for Michelle too. Women want guidance. They want instruction. They want to be told. I don't think, you know, we we don't want pastors or leaders to be afraid <laughs> to tell us things. We, we want that. We want to know, like we want clear cut instruction. And so we can know how to, you know, glorify God by, and like participate in the body the way that we should. Like, I don't know. That's just for me. And, and I think too, there shouldn't be any like shallow theology that's given to women. Um, you know, I think, that we should be very honest and upfront because you know, what we're like, we were discussing earlier about children, like that's what's at stake. Like if women aren't fulfilling their role in the way that God intended to, like, you know, our families are are at stake, you know, and the, um, you know, future generations of believers are at stake because that's such a role, huge role that women play with their children and raising them. So, yeah, I think that should also be a priority in women's ministries. This is totally my opinion <laughs> here, but I think for women's ministries, there's a lot of Bible studies that are, um, <laughs> I don't know how to say this, right? You know, without being mean or whatever, Topical. but 
topical, like too topical, too whatever. I think those things are good. I think they have a place for sure. But I think we need to get into some like deeper theology here. And, and I don't, and I think we should talk about women's roles and be open, like what God says about them and what the Bible says about them. Right. If we, if we actually dig into scripture, if we just open up a book, say first Corinthians and just read through it, guess what? It would come up. Oh yeah. It would come up and it would come up in context. We wouldn't have to manufacture our own study to tell us what, how women are valued and stuff like that. We'll see that in scripture when we just open up a book and study it. Right. And I think that's a big thing. Like just be willing, you know, if there's a, a woman that comes up to me and is like, I'm really struggling with this. It says that I need to be quiet. Like, what does that mean? And, you know, what does that say about women and stuff like that? Just be like, man, I understand. (laughs) I don't know any woman who hasn't approached this text and been like, whoa, like, let Mm -hmm. me back for a second, because we're just not used to that in our culture right now. And to be able to just go through that scripture and say, hey, listen, let's study this together. Let's see what this passage actually has to say, because God is good. And Mm -hmm. God loves us. And Christ is our great equalizer. All Mm -hmm. men and women need Christ as, Mm -hmm. you know, their savior. And so this is not a um, women are less than. And so we're going to read this passage and read it like that, because it's not what God is intending in Mm -hmm. this passage. Yeah. Um, I think, too, like, I think there's a lot of like, well, women have to teach women like in Bible studies. This is maybe totally on the subject, but I don't think most women would have an issue if a man came and taught a a women's Bible study. I don't think we always have to read books that are written by women or, you know, videos that are taught by women. I think it would be okay. I think, I keep saying most women, but really, I don't know. I wouldn't mind if, you know, a pastor or an elder was like, I'm going to teach women's Bible study. I think we should not have an issue with that. Right. But that's really off the subject. (laughs) No, that's an excellent you know, it's it's kind of sad because you said that and I was like, oh, that's an interesting point because <laughs> I've never heard that. It's like, it's so simplistic, but you're exactly right. It's like, well, why not? You know, you, you guys raised a lot of fascinating points there. And, and if I could supplement that from my perspective, whenever it comes to my wife comes home from a women's Bible study and she's like, hey, what did this, this and this mean? I find that we have more bonding time over something that's significantly high value. There's a special bonding that comes with having that discussion within your marriage that's just, it's fun and it's engaging and you get to know your partner better in, in that respect. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, so springboarding off of that, um, I guess we've been talking about it mostly from the context of being married because, you know, we're all in that boat. How would you address the situation to, I guess, the single woman who doesn't have that resource because we're not in multi-generational households and stuff like that for the most part. So that cultural context is a little bit different. So I guess how would you... Uh, approach that particular scenario. Yeah, Michelle, how would you approach that? (laughs) I think that, you know, we should. Okay. Like, like you said, I am not single. I am a married woman. So um, I, I'm not going to say that I am hundred percent well acquainted with, you know, the struggles of being single in the church, but I know that um, singleness is a gift from God. And in this context that, it is still a gift from God for women to be silent in the church and learn. And like you said, in Titus, we are to invest in other women, women, you know, step up. And if you're married, you know, like that's great. And it shouldn't make a difference if you're going to invest in another woman, whether they're single or married either, like, you know, just build friendships, 
be the body, love one another, um, teach them the word, study together, you know, hold Mm -hmm. each other accountable. I don't think it has to be that hard or that difficult. I think even more so, um, discipling, if you're a married woman, discipling unmarried women, single women, I think that's even more so important Mm -hmm. um, to kind of disciple them away when they, if they do get married one day, if they will have their own children, um, you know, Lord willing, like you can speak into that and like, you know, like share things with those women and to prepare them for, um, marriage when, if they get to that point, I know when I was single, you know, of course I was really young, but I, that would have been huge or even newly married women. That would have been humongous to hear from a older married woman to tell me, like go through the Bible with me, go through scripture with me, like tell me what marriage was like, because I mean, I'm sure all you, you guys could also agree that marriage at first, like is hard and it's weird. (laughs) And like, sometimes it sucks, but you know, I don't know. I feel like that's even more like with single women, I think, um, older women, married women, you know, widows, whatever, um, throughout their whole years need to be investing in women who are younger than them. And that's where you get your discipleship from that. Yeah. So I, th- I think you guys, if I can kind of summarize the, the things that I've picked out from this, it's, you know, there's just plenty of work to do in women's ministry. There's plenty of women who need, you know, the attention. And so I guess the fundamental question at the end of the day for, for those who feel the compelled to be women pastors is, well, what's the reason why whenever you have these other areas that you can go to? Because it does seem like all the theologically inclined women I've met have plenty to say about the negative aspects of women groups and, and things of that nature. So there's plenty of work to do there. And I think you guys, that, that whole concept of, well, yeah, if you're, if you're single, you know, spend time investing in other women. And if you're married, then spend time investing in other women. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think men could take a lot of lessons from that too, honestly, um, in terms of, but that's a different subject. So I guess... Um, <laughs> we will not be speaking on that with you today. <laughs> we will not be going there. So I guess, is, is there... Would there be any additional thoughts or ideas that you would want to contribute to this conversation before we start wrapping up or before we wrap up? Um, I think that the overarching thing, you know, just thinking about this even more, um, we need to know who God is and we need to know that he is good. He is wise. He's a savior. He's love. Um, and what is really bothering us about this text you know, is it we are pursuing our own glory? Is it we're pursuing our own ambitions? Um, we serve God first and foremost. We don't serve man. We don't serve ourselves. We glorify God. We don't glorify man. We don't glorify ourselves. And we obey God. Um, and I, I just think that if we understood that, then this text wouldn't be so hard. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree with all of that. Just where, like, looking at yourself, like, where are you in, like, right standing with God? You know what I mean? Like, where do, where are you in all of this? Like, you're a part of the body. You need to work together, but it's to glorify God and to serve God. Um, so, yeah, like, don't think so much of yourself. <laughs> like, maybe, you know, stop thinking you're so cool. <laughs> just, I don't know why I just said that. Oh, my gosh. Um <laughs> I okay, I will say this and, and Michelle you said this before too that this is like this is a hard thing for women. It's not like Michelle and I were just like accepting, you know, I, 
we accept, you know, God's word that is truth and we want to obey it, but we still like our sinfulness wants to push back on this. And we, you know, that's our knee jerk reaction is to be like, what do you mean quiet? What do you mean submissive? And, you know, so I think a lot of women have that. So don't think that you're failing because you're, you're struggling with this. I mean, that's why we, you know, we can ask the, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to just guide us and help us through understanding this more and through, um, you know, yeah, understanding scripture and what it means and to get rid of any sort of like sin we have against this and any sort of like bad, whatever (laughs) against all of this. So I think, God is loving and he's forgiving and he's faithful and we ask for wisdom and he'll give it to us. And, um, so I think just being in the word and, and just praying, like just Lord help us to just understand this more and to get over ourselves, um, and our preferences and what we want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you said that and I kind of think about, you know, I guess anytime we read the scripture and we come across something that we don't like or something that's hard, and our, our initial reaction makes the world a difference. I mean, if I had, if I could count the number of times that a false doctrine came out of someone not liking something from the text, you know, it would just be overwhelming. And so that kind of, everyone has that, that struggle. I mean, even whenever I read Ephesians 4 and it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. I'm just like, wow, that's daunting. I mean, that's a massive instruction. And so that's one of those things where, yeah, we all have to wrestle with it. But the, the point is that we bend our will to God's will, not our own. And I think you guys summed that up mm-hmm. really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so to that, I guess, where would you guys point your uh, point the listeners to? You've already mentioned that you have the podcast. Where is the podcast? Is it only on Apple or is it on other platforms and all that? Jazz? We have we have it on iTunes and Podbean and Spotify right now. Um, and we also... Our main, you know, hub, I guess, if you will, is our Instagram page. It's simple, women of the table. Um, and we also have a Facebook page. It's W-O-T table. And like I said, our blog is W-O-T-T dot blog. So pretty easy to remember. I didn't know about the blog, so I'll have to go check that out. Yeah. Um, so I'll put all those links in the description and so that people can get to y'all, um, you know, relatively easily. And that'll be it. Thank you guys for coming on and talking about this with me. Thanks yeah, for thanks, for, thanks for having us. Yeah, it was it's my pleasure. Fun. Y'all are fun. So that was Michelle and Betsy from Women of the Table. I have enjoyed their podcast. They do their research. They, they do a lot of digging. And uh, again, they're also just laid back and easy to talk to. So go check out their stuff. And until next time, God bless you all and have a wonderful week.